Like Retribution, I'm here to destroy the show from within by becoming its champion. And as the kids on the internet would say, he's got the cake. I wish you wouldn't have said that, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) This is the saddest episode of the show ever. (laughs) Neither of you know what is going on. Erica, we need you. If you're listening. Um, After that finger point of doom of a round, we have Nate with six points and Shawnee and Justin with one. I guess thank God for Hubert. Thanks for adding pressure. Um, I took away the pressure, you asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the One Fall Show. I'm your host, Chuck Bean, and uh, we are moving with the times as we try and record with something that's a little bit better than Craig. We've fired Craig, at least this week, because uh, he let (laughs) us down last week. Let me introduce everybody who is here for the show, however, starting off with the person who puts together the questions, keeps the score, and most importantly, keeps us all on track. I'm talking about Miss Erica Banis. I am so used to still having Craig here and going with the old Discord system that, uh, like, I'm I, I was like about to like press space bar and start talking. I'm yeah, just force of habit. Uh, also, I realized in unbeknownst to me, I forgot to get a goddamn pen to take. Oh, no. t- yeah, I know to take score. What am I gonna do? One so job. I, take, I will have to step score in your own blood. Wow. I will leave that joke alone because I could take that somewhere disgusting. Absolutely Absolutely anywhere. All right. Let's move it right along here. Let me introduce uh, one half of the Sunshine Buddies, Mr. Justin Valentine. That was a weird start to our show. I don't know how to follow that up. Um, We only know how to start weird. Yeah, that's fair. I I like the weird. So, hi, I'll be weird, too. All right. Sounds good. We're also joined by our multi-time champion, Mr. Nathan Bender. God, I hope this is recording because if we miss another one of my amazing promos for American pro wrestling, I swear to God, I don't know who I'm going to have to hunt down, but I'm going to have to start hunting. Well, it's a good thing that Craig is a bear because, uh, you know, you can hunt bears in certain Fuck Craig. Wow. In his (laughs) stupid fucking face. We are also joined by our third panelist, Mr. Shawnee Constant. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? It's exciting to be here, Chuck. I am uh, hoping that Kenny Omega one day shows up at American Pro Wrestling to (laughs) steal their belts. Yeah. Kenny Omega versus Cat Daddy. I want to see it. All right. Well, here we've got a game show that's also a wrestling discussion. We're going to talk about the news and notes of the week in wrestling, but we're going to do it in a game show format, which means we've got three rounds. The rounds uh, consist of three questions each, and the questions, unless otherwise stated, are worth one point, two points, and three points, respectively. As always, the champ gets his first shot at the questions, but the new wrinkle in the game is that the rounds are uh, randomized. So our three rounds, which would be Smacked Raw, the Raw and SmackDown category, the Wednesday Night War of AEW and NXT, and the news and notes from around the ring are spinning on the wheel right now and coming down to... The Wednesday Night War, AEW and NXT. Nathan, are you ready? I just, I just want to make sure that I express my my reservations about this new rule change again. Okay. Since it wasn't recorded last time, it got lost to the ethers of the internet. <laughs> I must, I, I must once again say, I, I, this is bullshit. 
Fair enough. I've Fair enough. Nate, that wheel Nate. has been vetted by a third party. Uh, it, it looks absolutely legitimate. I don't think there's anything carny about this one bit. Also, only Nate Bender, only Nate Bender would bitch about a week where he won. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Does anyone know that? Does anyone know that? Have we? Have, no, they do. Yeah, they do now. Nate, you won. episode to hear the proof. Of uh, see, I think what I think should happen this episode is you should just give me the win because I got the win last time. Except, oh, the episode got deleted. Do you know how many? Do you know how many episodes of podcasts I've recorded in my career? Over five hundred, son. You know how many wow. lost to the annals of time? None. You want to you want to hear well, episode number 64 of Final Encounter Cast? Guess what? I had that episode. You want to hear episode number 1 of Limit Break Radio? Guess what? I have that episode. Get your house in order. Do you have like the first 60 episodes of uh, the One Fall Show by any chance? <laughs> we can use those. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Those have disappeared as well. All right. <laughs> let's get into the week of wrestling with the Wednesday Night War. Starting off in AEW. Nate, describe the oil painting Don Callis had commissioned as a present for Kenny Omega's birthday. Do I have to? Yes, if you want points and oh you want to win. God. Where, where did Don Callis get a six-pack and a happy trail? What <laughs> the fuck? What the fuck? What was this? Was it painted on crushed velvet too? Because that's the only way that that's acceptable. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be black light activated and painted on crushed velvet. Those are the two requirements for a portrait that douche chill inducing. <laughs> That'd be very weird if that's exactly the answer you had written down. Uh, it's not word for word the answer, but I think that's enough to give him the first point. Uh, what do you guys think about the development of this Don Callis Kenny Omega story? I I'm I'm interested. Like, I'm uh, he's he's gaslighting the Bucks, which I think is really funny. But at the same time, I, I where is this going? Like, where uh, is 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 Kenny going to end up having a match against the Bucks? Are they setting up the Bucks to be, you know, be able to foil Kenny? I'm just, I'm not sure where this is building to. It's interesting. Uh, I, I think, I, I mean, I think that that's a good thing that I, that I don't know where that it's, it's going. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm watching it. It's keeping my interest. I, I, look, we've talked about the slow build. At first, I complained about it, and then I got lectured about it, and I'm okay with it. This is one of the downsides of a slow build. Stuff like this and like the little turmoil with the Young Bucks and so on and so forth, It's at the time and maybe for a little bit, makes absolutely no sense. Like Sometimes it's cool to not know where this can end up, and sometimes certain segments just don't really make sense or give you the impact that it maybe should because you don't know where they're going with this. Are they actually feuding? Is it going to be uh, Omega versus Young Bucks match? Or is it going to be a Good Brothers versus Young Bucks? Are the Young Bucks just going to end up with him anyway? So it's a weird it's a weird part of the slow burn. In the end, as long as down the line we get some type of clarity, it'll be fine in the end. But for a while, yeah, it's going to be a little up in the air, weird. I don't know if I love it. I don't know if I hate it yet. 
Yeah, we've talked about in the past the fact that the engine has to, you know, you heat it up and then you cool it down. You can't just keep redlining the pops. And uh, I'm totally fine with it. I'm loving what AEW still and uh, even watching the second hour of Impact every week now, which is crazy. <laughs> Can, I, I have a genuine question. Am I the only one that felt like the Bucks looked like real idiots after that segment? Like, I just, I felt like, like they just looked stupid. Like what? Like they drove all the way out to Kenny's house to get punked out by Don Callis. Like I, it, it's it's just a very it's like it's like a side arc in a story, and you're like, where the fuck is this going? Like I, it it's it just it's it seemed very out of nowhere. Am I alone in that one? You're not alone. Um, however, I will say that the Bucks did kind of allude to kind of the, their own booking on BTE, where there, uh, there, there was a bit on BTE where Matt Hardy sold them a a fancy new um, EVP room. Uh, it, it's a it's a big to do. Uh, but is basically it for recording up, ghost voices? Yes. I'm just <laughs> But they were they basically said like we're just we're just stupid baby faces now, aren't we? Yeah, I think we are, Matt. Like it like so they they're kind of going into it. So yeah, I agree. Um they do look dumb, but I think that's kind of the point. Um at the same time, I am all here for Svengali pimp Don Callis all day, <laughs> every day. Love him. He's just so ridiculous. It's great. It, I, I I will say Don is being particular. Is he is a particular highlight of this whole arc? Can I say? And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna age myself here, so you guys are probably gonna laugh at me. Here it, it comes. Probably, it was probably two weeks ago, and I can't remember. Yes, I do remember. I think I just put together. And again, I'm aging myself here. I just put together that Don Callis was was it Jack the Jackal? Way back when, in like 98, 97, whatever, in the late 90s of WWF. Okay. Just put that together. Just, <laughs> I, I just had one moment where I, I saw a picture or video of the Jackal. I'm like, wait a minute. And that I guy looks really up, familiar. Yeah, and I looked up Don Callis. I'm like, oh, no shit. Okay, I knew I recognized him. Back when Don Callis had hair. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our second question here. Sticking with AEW, um, Nate. For two points, who are now the official tag team of the Inner Circle following the triple threat match at the end of this week's Dynamite? Uh, that would be MJF and Jericho. That's correct. A lot to unpack here that uh, you wouldn't think uh, there, there would be. I mean, for one thing, Sammy Hagar did not win, and that is unfortunate because <laughs> that's a fantastic teammate. But also, Chris Jericho nearly killing himself with a uh, lion salt. Yeah. Oh, my God. He needs to not be defensive about that on Twitter, like, right now. Like, dude, you, I nearly just watched you die. And and you're going to, like, go at the fucking marks on, on Twitter? Like, come on, bro. Like, yeah. admit that you cannot do some shit anymore and uh, take that one out of the arsenal. Like, you know, you've got the Judas effect. That's fine. That is a perfectly age appropriate move for you to be doing. <laughs> the fucking lion salt nearly broke his fucking neck. It was alarming. Like, I, I, I was half watching the match out of the corner of my eye and I caught all of that and I went, Holy shit. Uh, like it was, it was, it was seriously a scary moment. 
Yeah, look, I don't know if I would say it's his age. That was just the technique of it. He treated it like a a top a top turnbuckle move because he got on the rope and then tried to catapult himself when it's supposed to be one full motion, and that's what screwed him over. So I don't know if it's necessarily an age thing. If he made it one full motion, I feel like the ropes would have given him given him enough boost to still be able to do it. But yeah, how many times has he done that move in his career though? Like, you know what I mean? Like he should know that like all of the things that you said are correct. And that's, that's why I'm saying like either it's, you know, gas in the tank or, uh, uh, you know, joints being stiff or whatever, but he didn't do the full move. He didn't give it the full oomph that it should have had. And as a result, uh, I mean, you know, he could have been carried out of there in a fucking stretcher. I think he's just practicing almost breaking his neck because Kota Obushi's coming. And if you're going to have a match with Kota Obushi, you have to almost break your neck. Isn't it? But Kota Obushi's the one who's supposed to almost break his neck. Well, sometimes a little of this, a little of that. You know, Chris Jericho, he always wants to like be young and hang with the boys. And- <laughs> you, you are correct. You are correct on that one. He does. Yeah think that he's still 34 years old also and and let's just be honest not all of us can be christopher daniels and still perform the perfect moonsault so you know look we're we're not all cd we're not all cd (laughs) where do you think this this leaves santana and ortiz because they were the tag team in the inner circle do you think they'll continue to be a tag team or you think they're gonna try and make them singles wrestlers now no, I because I, the history of Santana and Ortiz going back to the Indies, I think that they're going to stay a tag act, even though I think both those guys could have singles runs and do well. I think what the big thing that we're going to see here, especially because it was MJF pinning Sammy Guevara with the tights, I think Sammy is is primed for a great babyface run. And man, is he going to be a fucking killer babyface? Because that one, um, that one match where I think it was Guevara and Jericho ended up working as de facto baby faces in the match. I cannot remember who their opponents were, but like he was getting hot tags really well. He was firing up really well. Like he's got baby face fire for sure. Um, so yeah, I think that's going to be the big thing coming out of, out of that blow up. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, they're, they're pushing MJF and Sammy. In the end, however, whether they both stay in the inner circle or one of them leaves, whatever happens there, that's the rivalry they're pushing. And if it is a Sammy babyface run, he needs to do something with his hair because I'm sorry, he's got the ugliest hair in wrestling. I, I'm sorry. No <laughs> argument there. I, I, it's just, it's so oddly shaped and weird. Like, I don't, it's just, it has potential and it's just, it's so ugly. But no, everything Nate said is right, but it's definitely leading to Sammy Guevara and MJF. Yeah, I mean, it's really just putting the shine on these two young guys that if the company exists for 20 years, will probably be on TV for the next 20 years, right? Yep. yep. All right, let's move on to our third and final question. This uh, this category is about AEW and NXT, and we haven't talked about NXT yet. So let's talk about them. For three points on NXT this week, three tag teams advanced in the Dusty Classic, two men's teams and one women's team. Who were they? Uh, so I know the women's team is uh, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Right. Uh, was it Lucha House Party is one of the other ones? Yep. 
and oh, God damn it. Um, Kushida and the really skinny guy, Leon Ruff. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Castlevania guy, the really skinny guy. Uh, that's correct. Kushida Detroit's and own Leon Ruff, by the way. Lucha Very House true. Party and uh, Carter and Catanzaro, who are uh, Team Ninja. Um, I did not see Catanzaro has just been like fodder for people to beat up because she's so tiny for years now. So I did not see that coming. But uh, what do you guys think so far of this year's Dusty Classic? I'm underwhelmed, to be honest. I do like Catanzaro and Carter going over because that telling the story of like these two have been a team because they've been appearing as a team for at least like three or four months. Um, I, I like that a lot. I, I actually think that Kat and Zaro's got a lot, uh, uh, a lot to, to offer in the babyface department. Um, you know, some of her Royal rumble spots have just been fantastic. So, uh, it, it was exciting to see that. I didn't expect it. I think that's why it was exciting. Um, the other ones, you know, I, I think that it was mostly what you'd expect, except for Lucha house party, Lucha house party have just been jobbers on, smackdown for so long it's nice to see them pick up a win and you know what grand metalite can go he's phenomenal i love watching this guy russell and it's just it's so unfortunate that they've used him like such an asshole on smackdown because they're like yeah do the two rope jump like twice and then we're just going to beat you flat every time you're just going to be staring at lights every single time so that was a that was a nice surprise. Um, I still think that NXT overall is just a boring show. Like it's it's you know like they're trying with the Dusty Classic, but like I just you know the fight pit, and I and I enjoyed the fight pit. This is the first episode that I've enjoyed though in what feels like eight weeks. I'm a fan of the Lucha House Party, but I don't know if I'd like them going over for the only the reason that they keep showing up on Raw, then they're on NXT. So it's like, are they one or the other? Because if they're if they're WWE superstars, let's push another NXT tag team. Why are we giving them a push on the main roster, but also kind of giving them a push uh, at NXT? Uh, otherwise, I because like there are their- no other tag teams on SmackDown. <laughs> there just aren't. There aren't. Right. Any. Name the so- others. There, there's, yeah. you know, like it's there's fucking nothing. But that's more reason to have them on SmackDown and go push them there and not push them on NXT when there's other teams you could push. I'm okay with the results because you're put they're using this tournament to put another team on the map, uh, like with Kushida and Leon Ruff, uh, going over the you know, Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory. That was unexpected because they just put that stable together the way and you would expect them to get a little push maybe in the tournament. Uh, so I'm okay with the results outside of the Lucha house party, but that's not to say I'm not a fan of the Lucha house party. Cause I am just choose where you want to push them. Uh, I'm not a fan of Lucha house party and I haven't been watching this tournament, Chuck. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Here's, here's what we didn't get though, that we got last year. And, and I was a bit disappointed to see Kushida paired up with Leon Ruff for this only because last year we got Alex Shelley who came in and they yeah. did the time splitters and that was fucking awesome. That was great, but we got none of that this year. And I think maybe that adds to sort of my sense of disappointment. Well, we got the rascals from impact. 
That's totally different, though. That's <laughs> that's that's a full on acquisition. Shelly was a one off. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. and and not that I want to see more one off appearances, but it made NXT feel like it was part of the greater wrestling community as opposed to a bubble unto itself. Sure. And 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 I like seeing that NXT or uh, n- not just NXT, but WWE as a whole is such a closed loop system that it's like whenever you see a surprise face, it's a it feels like a really big deal. So not yeah. getting any of that this year, I think, is a is a bit of a hindrance. Erica, we're at the end of the uh, first round. I believe I know where the points stand, but uh, just confirm it for me. Um, if you have Nate running the category and with six points, you would be correct, sir. Uh, Shawnee and Justin yet to get on the board, but uh, Nate wouldn't let them have a chance. So, on to round two. Because I'm so great. All right, uh, Shawnee, we'll let you uh, start off round two here. Uh, We'll spin the completely legitimate wheel and uh, see what you're going to be answering for. All right. and her, yeah, for our second round, it looks like we're going to be going for the news and notes around the ring, which, of course, is Impact New Japan and just about every place else. Starting off with our first question, uh, what historic never-before-seen event took place this week on 205 Live? What's the actual question, Chuck? <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> that's, that's, that's the question I've got there. It's a historic. It's never happened before on 205 Live. May never happen again. Oh, um, they allowed a 206-pound performer to uh, participate <laughs> on the show. <laughs> that is that is that is not what I have there. That would be a uh, that would be a, a absolutely a thing. Uh, let's go to Justin. Oh, Erica, I, Erica. I'm I'm giving him a point for that because that legitimately popped me. So yeah, there no, you that go. Was, that was worth it. That was absolutely good. <laughs> Justin, what never before seen event happened on 205 live this week so i'm not i'm not sure because that i'm I'm not trying to pop anybody that was my legitimate guess because (laughs) i saw i think it was timothy thatcher had a match on 205 live and i forgot who it was but someone complained about it and put his weight in his 215 (laughs) and saying the wind shouldn't count so that was going to be my legitimate guess so i do not know no, Justin doesn't have it either. Nate, you've got an opportunity to continue to run the game. What uh, never-before-seen event happened on 205 Live this week? More than four people watched the show. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shout-out to 205 Live. Finally Woo. getting proud. Nate gets a point for that. Yeah, no, that was worth it. I don't have a goddamn clue. Um, we have to watch 205 Live? Are you, no, you kidding don't. me? You don't, I would but- like to... I- to point out before moving forward with the answer that Chuck wrote that question, so all your anger could be directed at Mr. Bean. Screw Look, you, Chuck. Way to go, this, Chuck. This was on Twitter, okay? I didn't have to watch 205 Live to find out that they had their first ever women's match in the Dusty Classic Tournament on 205 Live this week. Oh, wow. But it Good did lead them. me to ask you guys, um, it's weird to have the Dusty Classic stuff not strictly taking place on the NXT show. Knowing that that's happening... Would you bother to tune into 205 Live or would you just be like, well, I guess I'm not seeing that match? No, no. And I, you know what? I noticed that. I noticed, I think they mentioned on NXT that so and so got the win on 205 Live. And I'm like, oh, shucks. All right, cool. They got the win. I didn't go back and watch it. I'm not like, oh, I better watch 205 Live because that's coming up. 
if that's their way of of trying to get us to watch 205 Live, it's not working because A, it's not big enough or important enough, and B, they didn't promote it for shit. They didn't yeah. tell us. There was no big promotion. 205 Live is no longer just the Cruiserweights or this week we're going to have this or whatever the hell. There's nothing. So, no, I'm not going to watch 205 Live. Who's going back to 205 Live to watch Dusty Classic matches? Well, I don't know. I didn't see the whole bracket on NXT. Damn it. Well, it's a mystery to me then. What the fuck? Who in the world has spent any time in the 205 Live category on the WWE Network? Are you going to go back and, and watch those amazing Buddy Murphy matches? Hey, he did have some fantastic. Leave Murphy alone. I'm hearing a lot of vitriol, but the one thing I do like about this is the fact that it puts a spotlight on those great cruiserweight years that Dusty Rhodes had. I think that we often forget <laughs> that. <laughs> well done, Shotty. Oh, man. Well played. I'm watching 205 Live now just for that. Going back on the network to look for them dusty, you know, <laughs> dusty roads to a five live matches. All right, let's move on to our second question in the news and notes around the ring. Nobody got that one. So Shawnee, you've got control of the board as we move to new Japan pro wrestling uh, at new Japan's road to the new beginning, who became the new IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champions. Oh no. I only know that the bullet club won because I saw someone tweeting but I do not know who the junior heavyweight tag team in Bullet Club is. So I'm going to have to say Dick Togo was involved. Yeah, no, it's probably now that we know he's alive. Fuck you guys, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. All right, Justin, you've got an opportunity here to steal a couple of points. Who's the uh, new junior heavyweight tag team champions in New Japan? Wait, Dick Togo's alive? Oh, yeah, no, we established that at the beginning of the year. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you guys were joking around about that. Um, I don't know. I don't know, Chuck. Nothing. <laughs> got all nothing. Right. Listen, I, I was proud of myself. I actually watched all wrestling, like on schedule this week, like the day, the night that it happened. Even if it was like after the show or whatever, but yeah. it was that night. Proud of myself. Did not get around to my New Japan studies this week, Erica. Yeah, I'm good. sorry. It's okay. I'm uh, used to you disappointing me. Ouch, Jesus. Glad I glad I can help. All right, Nate. Here's an opportunity to steal a couple of points. Who's the new junior heavyweight tag team champs in New Japan? Uh, El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori. That's exactly what I've got here. Erica, you're our new Japan uh, consultant here. Why is this a big deal? Well, uh, it's a big deal because I wanted a New Japan question in this category. That is why. <laughs> All right. I, 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 in here. I, I, I come on, you know, I'm going to sneak in a new Japan question whenever I can. Yep. Um, and it, I, I really do like this tag team. Um, El Phantasmo um, is out, actually both, both him and Taiji Ishimori are outstanding. And just between them, they got a 16 pack um, just ripped to shreds both of them and uh they're just outstanding in the ring huzzah yay junior heavyweights yeah Fanta it. phantasmo landed on my uh radar in a big way after wrestle kingdom so uh I, i've been trying to keep my eye on on what he's doing i i really enjoy it 
Uh, I'm going to enjoy seeing him as a part of a tag team. Uh, I like Ishimori. Uh, I think he's he's always been a strong performer. So I think this is a good pairing. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Cat Daddy finally making the big time. But we'll fuck get to you. That. It's dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For our third. Nobody final- has any idea what the fuck we're talking about. Because last week's episode got lost, just poof away into the Internet. Yeah, you have to fill them in before this one's over. All right, Nate, uh, your opportunity for three points here as we move to the appearance by The Undertaker on the Joe Rogan experience. Oh, sweet Uh, Jesus. Incidentally, I don't think that we should educate the crowd. I think we should just talk about Dump Truck and (laughs) Cat Daddy. (laughs) So everyone knows what we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Uh, the Undertaker had some choice words about this generation of wrestlers. For one point each, name three of the dead man's comments that are getting the most attention. Back in my day, we uh, the locker rooms had, you know, boys in the locker rooms had guns and knives and not video games. <laughs> yeah, <All right. laughs> that's one. Fucking old, crusty son of a bitch. Right. Um, he did steroids. That was another thing that he yeah. revealed. Uh, and he thinks that the current product is soft. Yep. Okay. So I've got that. So that's three points for you. Uh, before we start discussing all the things the Undertaker had to say in the Joe Rogan experience, I'd like to give uh, Shawnee and Justin each an opportunity to gain themselves a point by uh, picking up anything you may have missed. You know, I, he didn't, at least from my knowledge, from what I've seen, he hit everything I've seen. Shawnee? Yeah, I, I did watch this entire interview, and um, it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of... Uh, I, I didn't find it controversial. So I guess I'm just uh, the odd man out on this whole thing. All right, well, let's uh, go Go ahead, Nate. What do you have to, to say about the dead man's appearance on the Joe Rogan experience? If... If hearing him on the Broken Skull sessions broke the spell that was the Undertaker, that broke the spell that was the dead man, this should put him thoroughly six feet below ground because turns out he's an asshole too. Um, You know, a lot is being made about the, you know, in my day, guns and knives and not video games. And, you know, I hear this bullshit from Cornette too. But like... You you work specifically you Undertaker you work at the largest corporate wrestling company ever. Do you think that a publicly traded company is going to let dudes walk in with fucking weapons in their bag and like just like no one's going to say shit? No one's going to go to HR. That's not going to be a potential safety issue for the people who aren't you know, play fighting in the fucking ring. Like, what the fuck do you expect people to do when they're sitting around on call sometimes for six hours with their thumb up their ass because you can't figure out whether they're going to appear that night or not because you're writing the fucking show up to 45 minutes before the cameras fucking roll. What, What are people supposed to do? What are they supposed to do to entertain themselves? Cards and dominoes, I guess. What the fuck? Like, what is the expectation that The Undertaker has for dudes in the locker room in 2021? Right. Yeah, to be men. He, he wishes his, men were men. 
Don't right. you get it? Don't Toxic you get it, Nate? He misses on display. He misses. He misses the time when a man was a man and he could just stab a guy. And just <laughs> oh, oh, oh! So he, he, he misses. You know misses the good the old days, Nate. He misses the days of Ox Baker causing a riot in the fucking sixties. Oh wait, he wasn't fucking there. Dude, he had his fucking career in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. What the shit was so dangerous in the 70s, 80s, and 90s where he was fucking working that he felt he needed to bring fucking weapons? Or do you just well, want to sit around and look at a revolver and jack yourself off? That's well, apparently, it. Come on. apparently in the 80s, being Jimmy Snooker's girlfriend was extremely deadly. <laughs> it okay. was. Well, wow. Okay. Wow. Absolutely. <laughs> Another reason that I can't even edit that out because we're using this new software. That I'm sorry. I would like to apologize to our audience. <laughs> okay. Ch Strike one. All right. <laughs> and, All right. And, uh, and also, fuck Joe Rogan and, and this whole, like, permissive vibe that his show gives off where you can come here and you can misbehave and smoke weed. Fuck that guy. Fuck his whole gimmick. Fuck his show. Fuck everyone associated with it. And double fuck Spotify for giving him so much fucking money for it. Uh, considering that we are on Spotify, I would like to say thank you very much. Justin, you had something to say? <laughs> No, okay, we'll move Good to Good save. Good save. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. All right. Here's the thing. He is a the typical old man his age who doesn't realize that if the technology with video games, social media, the internet were, were a thing in the 90s and early 2000s like it is now, he'd be doing the exact same thing, number one. Number two... It's different. It's a different day, though, because because of social media, these guys back then could rely on who their characters were because people believed that's who they actually were because social media wasn't around to see real life Mark Calloway. Now, wrestlers these days, they need to actually be athletes in shape, be able to wrestle, because if you can't, I don't care what your character is, you won't get over because everyone knows and sees the real you, just like with Bray Wyatt. We know you're not really the fiend. We know you're not really this guy. So you need to be able to actually be athletic and go in the ring because the fiend character would not get over without that. And that's a whole different thing that wrestlers in the locker room need to worry about today that they didn't have to worry about 20 plus years ago. But he'd be doing the exact same thing if he had the access to the technology we do. Sure. This this is a situation where social media really has blown a lot of this out of proportion, in my opinion, because he was very sure. self-aware in this interview. Like he he understood that what he was saying was the old crusty guy thing to say. But what he was doing was he was conducting an interview where he was reminiscing on his lifer career with this one company. And he's like, I liked it back in those days. Why? Not because they had guns and knives, because he was 25 years old. And a super athlete on top of the world. Um, so, you know, I think that uh, I, I, I get it. He is culturally uh, of a different knit than we are on this show, generally speaking. But I don't think it was hostile or bad, really. No, I, I, I didn't have that. I want to clarify. I'm calling him a liar. 
because he's romanticizing an era that he had nothing to do with that. He in the Venn diagram of when you needed to bring weapons in your bag versus when Mark Calloway broke into the business, I believe in 1982, it's not a big overlap motherfucker. Like it's just, it's not, he's what he's saying is blatantly untrue. It's not untrue period like that shit never happened it never happened to him it never happened for him it was not in his era he has no claim to it he needs to shut the fuck up erica yeah well for, for starters going back to something that justin said um are you telling me i didn't watch the fiends get burned alive uh, hey, Do- you know uh, hey fame motherfucker hey, i know hey, motherfucker. oh sorry. my god um, and, and speaking of kayfabe, man, talk about, and I, I know I've mentioned this before, but man, if there's one person that kayfabe has ruined, it is the undertaker. Here, it's here. like, now that I know the guy behind it, I'm like, well, this guy sucks. Wait and a minute. It, He's a giant bodybuilder from Texas. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> right? I mean, what do you think's going on in the gyms of Texas in I, 1983? That makes it okay that that like there's rumors that he hangs out with white supremacists and says uh, bullshit on dumb podcasts. Like, no, it doesn't. It that doesn't excuse. No, I don't think it makes it okay. I think it makes it unsurprising. Yeah, no, it, it's, yeah, I'm not surprised, but fuck him anyway. Double fuck him. I, you know, I guess you know it's it's fascinating because it's like I I look at guys like that. I look at people of that generation bitch about the things that we do. And I, and I look around at us and, and, and what we're trying to do as a generation. And honestly, I cannot wait to see what we will bitch about when we're old. It's so exciting to me. I'm like, what are these kids going to do? Just eliminate gender altogether, which if anything, we won't really give a shit about anyway. I just don't know what's the thing that's going to set us over yeah. the edge. I never so saw this kind of bullshit on TikTok. It's going to be no, no, no. It's going to be tool assisted speed runs. That's what it is. That's yeah. a fucking that's a whole different bag of cats. Now I now I wish that TikTok did exist back in those days because I love to see the BSK doing a bunch of dances on TikTok. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. Erica, talk, where did the point talk about ruining the dead man? Has 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 anything done more damage to him than fucking cameo? Oh Jesus! Oh my God! Yeah. Yes. All elite Scooby Doo. <laughs> fucking Christ. Erica, where do the points stand at the end of round two? Um, I I believe uh, just to clarify, no one got the New Japan question, did they? Uh, Nate did. Oh, okay. Nate, Jesus I Christ! I yeah. no. Here's the thing. No, no, no. I wanted to clarify because I want. I was having so much goddamn fun talking sure. and stuff where I I just forgot to take notes, and plus I was going back and forth with my ship shopper. Apparently, they didn't have my hooch in stock at the store. So, oh, no. You know priorities, kids. Um, if math serves me correct, then um, American pro wrestling superfan Nate Bender has 12 <laughs> points. Let's uh, go, truck. <laughs> um, Shawnee has one. Justin has yet to get on the board, but he will kick off round three. Get him, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you said you said that um, 
Justin has no points, so he will be round three, and we've only got one round left, and that is the Raw and SmackDown category, the Underground Thunderdome. So let's get into it. For our first question, coming to us from Monday Night Raw, who lost their opportunity to enter this year's Royal Rumble after losing a match? Uh, Well, uh, Ricochet. Yep. No Ricochet in this year's Royal Rumble. And, uh, you know, because booking. Uh, What do you guys think of this decision? I'm okay with the overall idea that they're pushing this year of some superstars who have a resume, I guess, can just put themselves in. Others have to earn it. I'm not okay with it being ricochet, but I'm also not surprised. We've been complaining. I've been at least complaining about the use of ricochet, how good he is and the writing he's received since he's been in WWE. And this just adds to it. So it doesn't surprise me, but no, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a shot. Um, The only optimistic vibe I always have with the Royal rumble is the less current people that they don't let qualify for the Royal rumble or enter the more likely or the more spots there are for some form of a surprise in the actual match. Yeah, I'm bummed, man. Uh, Ricochet is always a highlight for me. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a Royal Rumble, whether he's just having a match that he ends up losing. He is fantastic. Uh, Remember that whole match that he had with AJ Styles? Bounced him off the rope into a fucking Styles clash? Yeah. That is as much AJ as it is Ricochet that was responsible for that spot. So he's just a fucking joy to watch every time he's on my television. I just don't understand why I go three weeks at a time without seeing him. Um, I think this is a big miss unless they're putting him into some kind of singles match on the card. Uh, I am disappointed. Yeah, big miss for sure. Uh, you know, before he entered WWE, he and Will Ospreay were like one and one A, innovating and putting on incredible matches. Uh, just absolute the the athletes of the game, yeah. and uh, unfortunately, the WWE system d- isn't suitable for that. And and I think that if you know the the rumor and innuendo that we use as wrestling fans to understand how the WWE works is true, he he's very well may be suffering from the fact that he is not a Vince McMahon creation. You know, he still continues to be the ricochet that he's always wanted to be. Uh, I don't get it at all. The entrance is amazing. His work work rate is, uh, you know, top half percent. Uh, hopefully, you know, it sounds like he's always wanted to be a WWE guy and that he plans to stay with WWE through thick and thin. Hopefully, you know, uh, we see some more AJ Styles type matches and we eventually get to see he, him be a marquee guy. But uh, right now in WWE, being a marquee guy doesn't thrill me. So while it is disappointing that he didn't uh, get that nod, um, you know, I guess being on the top of the mountain in a bad show isn't thrilling to me right now as a fan. Hey, yeah. but be excited. Cause we're going to have Dolph Ziggler in the Royal rumble. <laughs> Shout out to Dolph before we move forward. Yay. We talk, we talk, you know, as wrestling fans consistently about how somebody will move from NXT to Raw or SmackDown and then get misused. And they're like, oh, this is the, is there like, what is the name that comes to mind immediately when you think of somebody who moved from NXT to the main card and completely 
got shafted because I feel like Ricochet and Alistair Black both have not Finn Balor, Shinsuke Nakamura, Robert Roode. Finn Balor, I think his big problem was they gave him the title and he immediately had a long-term injury. Yeah, right. And and that's just for any booker, especially one as absolutely paranoid as Vince McMahon, that's that's got to be daunting. Um, yeah, Robert Roode's pretty good one. Yeah, I, but the one thing with Finn though, because I, I get that with the injury, but if anything, because of the name he has and how much of a following he has in wrestling, that only set up a what should have been a huge return whenever he was healthy. Right. Yeah, but Instead, it, it, he Finn, came back and just got buried. Finn had runs, maybe not with the title, but he was definitely pushed and he was definitely over. You yeah. know, it's it's not like he was getting jobbed out week after week, uh, like. A Robert Rude, you know what I mean? Rude, Rude, uh, I, I think has been one of the roughest transitions from NXT, considering how over he was in NXT, and then just made a, a, so much of a blip uh, on the main roster. Um, but I think similar to Finn, you know, you look at um, AOP, and I think they had the same thing where they were being used in a pretty good position, maybe not in the title picture, but, um, you know, they were linked up with Seth Rollins. And then I, I forget if it was Ackham or Razor uh, got that that, you know, long term injury and it just absolutely fucked their push. And now they're gone. Um, you know, it. I, I struggled to think of a name that's better than Robert Rude in terms of someone who got the call up and immediately got thrown into like Baron Corbin's mid card vortex. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move forward with our second question here. Uh, Justin, I believe you still have control of the board here. So let's talk about Friday night SmackDown. We uh, got to see Bianca Belair and Bailey face off in an obstacle course this week on SmackDown that saw Belair execute a fireman's carry on which SmackDown superstar? Otis. <laughs> That's correct. Oh yeah. Um, for an extra uh for an extra two points, how many seconds was uh did Bel Air beat Bailey by in that obstacle course? Uh I don't have the exact number, but I know it was it was like around 20. It was like under 20 seconds, I think. Just yeah. under. I'll uh you'll you'll I'll retain throw 18. You'll retain that is not what I've got here, but you'll retain uh, control of the round. But let's uh, let's go around the room and see uh, if somebody can nail it right on the head. Uh, Shawnee, what's your guess? Um, 20. Okay. Uh, Nate? Uh, 19. Ooh, 17. Justin was the closest, but uh, nobody right on the head. So no points awarded for that. Uh, obviously, this is kind of silly, but it helps show how athletic Bianca Belair was. Uh, how long do you think before she actually is, you know, within a title contention hunt here in the I, women's division? I would hope by this summer. And I know this was silly, but honestly, I was okay with this form of silliness because it, it made Bianca look so, so legit, right? It did a very nice job of doing that where it wasn't so silly where it's like, why are you wasting this talent doing this? It made her look very strong, which will only help her whenever they do give her a push. I don't know if I would say she's winning the Royal Rumble. I would not hate if she did. Um, I'm not confirmed with that. I know I said Sonia Deville a couple of weeks ago, but that would be a surprise swerve kind of vibe. So I don't want to 
100% bank on that. Uh, but with Bianca Belair, I'd be okay with her winning the Royal Rumble, but at least by summer, you would even think. Yeah, I, I think that they're they're definitely elevating Bianca by having her in a program with uh, Bailey. You know, if that I, I'm hoping that that leads to some in-ring matches because like, you know, the the appearance on Ding Dong Hello and then the obstacle course this week, there, it's it's some really good character building for both of them. But at, at some point, it's got to break down into some matches. Right. Um, I think having her beat the former SmackDown Women's Champion is a great way to start getting over her strength and being prepped for, um, you know, going after Sasha Banks. Um, and I think that that would be a very good program. I have, I've really liked Bianca Belair's work ever since NXT. I think the only thing that would bum me out about that match is Sasha Banks, but I just think that she can be sloppy and not that great. Sometimes I, I should be a great, uh, winner for the Royal rumble. I, I, I don't know if it's the right time. We've seen so little of her on the main roster that it's really hard to say. Now, in terms of somebody who I think has appealed to both wrestling fans and sort of the Vince McMahon eye in the sky, what a prototype of a wrestler should be, sort of align with her. And I really hope that if she does win the Rumble, it means that she's going to get consistent television time for three months, six months, you know, something. We don't need to see her in the title picture. I, I think she's perfectly ready for it. But even if we don't see her in the title picture, if we see her doing, you know, uh, systematically well-told advancing um, programs, uh, that would be awesome. And I, I think that she's ready for it. I think she'd be a huge addition to either raw or SmackDown. And uh, they have a, such a great roster, but they just don't ever quite click all the way with what we're being presented. I think when we talk about the women's side of WWE, Erica, you know, with, with Bianca Belair, when I kind of look at her from beginning to NXT to now, um, as we all know, WWE is really high on trying to build their own talent, getting kind of, you know, obviously they bring in like indie wrestlers and stuff into NXT, but they very much want to find athletes and make them into the wrestlers that they imagine a wrestler should be. And I feel like with Bianca Belair, they have potentially the greatest example of that she has everything. Mm -hmm. She has an amazing look. She's just stupid athletic. Like it's ridiculous. She's she's personality for days. Yeah, she's she, she's got as much charisma as she has athletic ability. She I mean, she is she is what they wish Velveteen Dream was before he, you know, did what he did yeah. allegedly. Um she I think is going to set the gold standard um, really from now on as far as what they want from the talent that they are going to essentially, you know, breed from and, and build from the ground up. I think she's incredible. Um, you know, now that Becky Lynch isn't there, you know, due to, you know, being a mom and, and, and good for her for that. I feel like this division, regardless of the show, is Bianca's for the taking. 
I will say that my concern, I think, with seeing, you know, the rocket strapped to the moon on her now is that this is still Flair's world. And mm. if she's just going to be fodder for the Flair story, that would be very disappointing because we know Vince McMahon will lose interest immediately after that. You know, when True. that program ends, so does Bianca Belair's TV time, where if we saw some lower card stories, but consistently she's going to shine and she's going to bloom. And eventually when it's right, uh, you know, she can get something other than a three month uh, guest starring role in the WWE, uh, which is what point. I'm always afraid that people are going to, you know, with, with flair. Yeah. that. An excellent point, but you know, let's face it, there are the rare moments in this company where they do actually surprise you. And I feel like Charlotte putting over Bianca is it makes the most sense in the world. It makes the most sense. And if they don't if they don't do it, as far as I'm concerned, I'm like, okay, Bianca Belair can just chill out, wait out her contract, and then she can go anywhere and have the company be built around her. And, right. and and let's not forget that a huge component of Becky getting over the way that she did was having Mount Charlotte to climb. Right. Like yeah. that was that was that was the bit. I think that was maybe the biggest element. Yes, it was it was sold as a personal feud and built up both players in that feud at the same time. So Charlotte has this remarkable ability to at the same time of getting herself over, not completely fucking bury her opponent and right. still leave some some running room for a great feud. Let me just say very quickly, I, I don't actually blame Charlotte for any of it. Um, she's a great gatekeeper. And I actually liked when they moved her to NXT because I thought the exact same thing. You really mm -hmm. have somebody that you can have win almost forever and then only let the people through who you really want to let through. Now, if this company operated, you know, uh, outside of the mind of an 85 year old psychopath, that's exactly <laughs> how this system would work. And Bianca Belair would have had to beat Charlotte to get to the main roster. And then her new journey would begin. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Justin, did you have something before we move on? I mean, they really hit a lot of it, but I think Charlotte's just at the point of her career, similar to where John Cena, Triple H, The Undertaker got, where they were there to put other people over. Sure. She's done enough. She's won enough to lose at WrestleMania, lose title matches to people like Bianca Belair. It's not going to ruin her, and it's only going to help the roster. It's only going to help her opponent at this point. I think one of the things that makes Charlotte so great is that she has a huge ego. And I honestly think that she would have a problem with fulfilling that role as you're describing it at this point in her career. Now, pure speculation on my part, but that's that's the hunch I get. And also, why the fuck is Shayna Baszler stuck with Nia Jax? Nia Jax <laughs> is awful and should not be in professional wrestling. Agreed. Their their mean girl comedy dynamic, though, is actually kind of funny. It's the one thing that that kind of makes me laugh about Raw. Fair enough. All right, let's get into our third and final question in the Smacked Raw category. Justin, for three points, what former head elf from 1994's The Santa Claus made an appearance on the dirt sheet this week as a fake Drew McIntyre to go head to head on the mic with Gilberg? 
I don't know. I don't know the name. No, you don't got it. I was born in 1996, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Shawnee, you've got an opportunity to uh, steal a couple of points here. Which head elf from? Yeah, what? he was the head elf in the Santa Claus. The Santa Claus. Yeah, 1994. Justin. The- Justin, is it Christmas? Tim Allen. It's not. It's Christmas. Christmas. Oh, it is Christmas. <laughs> It's not Christmas. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to know if it's Christmas. It should be Justin. Head <laughs> uh, elf. 1993. Chuck, were you that elf? I was not. <laughs> and let me clarify. It was none of the members of the spin doctors. <laughs> Damn it. <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what Nate was about to guess. <laughs> No, I was going to say David Crumholtz. <laughs> well, they gave you enough time to look it up. <laughs> Ooh, I watch, I watch all of the wrestling trivia shows, my friend. It is not that has not been overlooked by wrestle. Uh, what was it? A uh, uh, culture uh, cult all this week. No, no. He actually posted it on his Instagram. You're correct. Mr. David Crumholtz. How great was it to see Gilberg? Gil, no, Gilberg, I legitimately popped for because he just recently had a heart attack and was in the hospital. And so it was like I legitimately popped. I'm like, oh, dude, he looks like he's doing really well. That's awesome. Uh, uh, Great to see David Gill. I popped without even knowing that fact, Nate. I, I did. I thought this was, again, another comedy skit that was just, it was funny. It was legitimately funny. Um, I speculate that they had to put this together a little. This wasn't the long-term plan uh, with Drew testing positive and not being able to be here to build this horrible story with Goldberg to the Royal Rumble. Um, so that adds to me, I, 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 honestly, I enjoyed raw altogether this week, at least more than usual, which isn't really saying much, but, uh, and this was one of the highlights for me. I don't know Gilbert's work. I know only his reputation and his legend. He's really, really good at doing that. I, I loved it. <laughs> I loved seeing Gilbert. <laughs> I wish that Gilbert had showed up instead of Goldberg and that, was the match at Royal Rumble. Uh, he was very entertaining. Uh, I loved that they threw him that bone because uh, he, not only did he have a heart attack, but there were GoFundMes and things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was a feel-good story. It was genuinely funny, and that's coming from somebody who doesn't have the nostalgia value, although I guess my burning hatred for Bill Goldberg maybe uh, – <laughs> does contribute to my love for Gilbert, but no, I thought he, like, he's just, he's so good at do he, he, he just great. Phenomenal Gilbert, <laughs> sir, wherever you are. <laughs> I was legitimately concerned for a moment when drew McIntyre's music hit that Gilbert was going to get his head fucking kicked off by the actual uh, drew McIntyre. So I was actually very happy to see that it was a fake drew McIntyre. That's probably one of my favorite stupid things like edge and Christian used to do it all the time. Yeah. You get like a little person or somebody who's obviously not the wrestler to come out and, and make fun of them. I the, love that. the mini hitman. I love that. It was so good. They that did was it with wh- the Dudley boys too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. By the way, I think I said David Gill. His name's Dwayne Gill. Dwayne Gill. Yep. All right, Erica, we're at the end of three rounds. Where do the points stand? 
All right. Once again, in the lead still American pro wrestling, super fan, Nate Bender with 15 <laughs> points. Uh, we got Justin, AKA tiny Tim, because he uses his age as a crutch with three points. <laughs> wow. Dang. <laughs> Come on, honey. Good. I love you. Good. I, good. I love you. <laughs> I love you back. You know, that, but you're like shit. I know. I like from Nate or maybe even Chuck, but <laughs> how much love you and I have for each other. And I'm getting it all. Okay. Honey, I, I love you. I love oh, yeah, you I so much. And I, I wouldn't dish it out if I knew you couldn't take it. Uh, and trust me, I'm sure I'll do something where you will get me back. That's just how life is. But oh, yeah. Shawnee, I don't have a clever name for you just yet, but you're on your way with one point. <laughs> Chuck, we're heading into the final fall. Now, I originally said this question is going to be worth 10 points, but at this point, uh, there's no way for our two uh, super nine buddies. See, I fucked up already. Uh, no way for them <laughs> to come back uh, with just 10 points. I say we raise it to 15. Nate, are you going to bitch about that? <laughs> Yes, of course I am. Why? Why? Why wouldn't? Listen, if I, I was think, Nate, I would bitch about that. I, I would like. I would love to sit this Nate? final fall out and let the Sunshine Buddies fight it out for second place. Ooh. All right. Ooh. Chuck, I, I mean, look at this. Nate's won a bunch of times. Nate even won last week on our now infamous mystery episode. Right. And we've now gone on the record to say that Nate won, even though no one else heard it but us. But Nate won. Nate won. And, Nate and, won. And listen, you know, I, I extolled the virtues of the Nick Fury versus Kilgore 99 match on that episode. And it's lost. Just lost to the Internet forever. Am I going to be able to put this on YouTube? Because I love that we're all seeing each other, except for there's just a big black screen with white Jesus. Nate Bender and black letters every time you're talking. It's funny because that, that, that screen is the loudest, which makes it great. <laughs> <laughs> I have two questions. If Nate sits this one out, can it still be for 15 points? And number hey, two. Hey, no, no, no. We, 15 <laughs> points, I'm not sitting it out, asshole. <laughs> Second question, I say we do a contest and the winner gets our mystery episode. We'll just have to find a way to make that happen. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if, if you if people want me to post the mystery episode, uh, I can I, I mean, I, I can find a way to do that. I'll, I will 100 percent put the uh, I'll just put in the um, the uh, Danhausen uh, curse sound effects in, and there will be there massive gaps. Yep. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll put it on uh, Shawnee Constance uh, Bootleg Sticker Club there if you, you want go. to go over to uh, Patreon and hear a, a fucking broken episode. There you go, exclusive <laughs> content. Get them higher than the twenty-two dollar man. <laughs> All right, so the Sunshine Buddies going at it for ten points here. As Nate Bender has already pretty much won this game. As we go into our final fall which is about Impact Wrestling. AEW and Impact first publicly forming their partnership of sorts. Uh, Impact's initially benefited with an increase in their ratings, but this week, not so much. Uh, with the Price is Right rules, which I've been told from the booking committee will be every final fall until I figure out how to actually get it right um, because oh, of last God. week. I'm not good with prices. That's another <laughs> thing that we need to get to mystery episode because... I'm not good with prices right. Okay. Right. 
Yeah, unfortunately, uh, that was a big piece that was missing. Uh, <laughs> All of our good. blowing up. I think. I think. I, I, I don't remember I, if everything was gone. Uh, I, I don't think there was. I don't think any of the duncery from either of you two <laughs> was saved, um, and that's really the reason that Craig I, had to go. I blame technical uh, difficulties on that one on my end, but continue. All right, so I will let you guys uh, send me in Facebook Messenger. Uh, without going over, how many combined viewers tuned in Impact this week on AXS TV and Impact's live stream? Combined viewer, okay. Yeah, their combined viewership. I can tell you it's in the triple digits or in the in the six digit category. So you know, um, sending me like I'm afraid that if I touch two. anything in my computer, that I'll lose the feed. Well, oh, okay. Well, once again, okay. You can say them out loud. Just don't give them any hints, Chuck, okay. about their number. All right. Jeez. Bob Barker. I was going to say Bob Barker is rolling in his grave. Bob Barker is still alive. Um, so, I yeah. Wow. Is rolling in his grave. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Big Van Vader. <laughs> is right. rolling Big in Van his Vader. Grave. There you go. Rolling in his uh, grave. Accurate. So, I mean, Justin. It, well, let's just say the answers if okay. Shawnee, you're, you're afraid of, of doing it. So just Chuck, don't say anything. Well, he, he already gave a hint with the six digit one. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> That's as far as I'm taking it. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw. Let's go 350,000. All right. What about you, Sean? I was going to say 150,000. Shawnee is closer. Shawnee, uh, the actual answer, hold on, I well, just had it in front of me, is uh, 157,000. So uh, I was so funny. hoping it was 147,000. So that <laughs> <laughs> I uh, thought, I'm like, oh man, if they both go over, yeah, I mean, they both gave, lost the so showcase. Impact. I gave Impact too much love. I figured with the AEW vibe, Matt Hardy and the Private Party showed up. I figured sure. they got a little you more. You got a storm. Time. Listen, you got to play Price is Right rules, Shawnee. You should have just said one. I know, man, but I'm that I'm, way. You would have never gone over. I'm on that edibles. Is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I'm on edibles. That's all right. Well, Nate, reason. you've uh, you've of course won yet another game of the One Fall Show this week. We're going to go around the room and uh, give everybody sixty seconds on the clock each to uh, talk about anything that we may have missed this week, starting with the champ. Well, listen, last week I put over American Pro Wrestling like you've never heard it put over before ever. But this week, I need to talk about the biggest babyface turn in all of wrestling. And yes, I am talking about punk rock Billy Kay. <laughs> I love this woman now. I I absolutely, I want an entire two hours of just following Billy Kay. It would be, actually just put that, tack that onto two hours worth of Raw, and then Raw instantly becomes a way better program. Um, you can keep SmackDown the way it is. It's actually pretty good at the moment. But no, I I absolutely love Billy Kay trying to be uh, a part of of the Riot Squad, uh, looking like she was a, next to a hot topic explosion. It is 
the greatest shit. Like the fact that she does the Spider-Man like like thwip thing with her hand when she's trying to do the fucking metal horns is the funniest thing I have ever seen. And I don't think that she's doing it intentionally, which makes it that much better. God bless punk rock Billy K. Punk rock Billy K. Straight to the top for SmackDown Women's Champion. All right. Uh, Shawnee, you, uh, of course, coming in second place this week. You got 60 seconds on the clock. What would you like to tell our listeners? Oh, you've got to be joking. Um, you know, there's a clear distinction now between who is number two and who is number three. And uh, I, Shawnee Constant, the $20 man, am not last place guy. And I love that. Uh, oh. Sorry, last place kid, but you're last place guy. And uh, tonight is best week, and I'm, I'm sorry that this happened uh, when you're about to launch your new podcast, because I think that it really Wait, just what? puts a real black eye on uh, your upcoming show. But I wish you the best of luck over there, and uh, hopefully you do better than last place. I don't All right. Know. We'll, uh, we'll throw it to Justin. You got 60 seconds on the clock. Go ahead and uh, let the listeners know what you're thinking. I'm going to dumb it down a little bit because, I don't, because of that, but... Um, Sting's wrestling at AEW's next pay-per-view revolution, which is a big mistake. I'll just leave it at that. Should not, especially in that a street fight, that big of a match. I just don't with with well against Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, two not old people, very in shape people. I, I just it's not, I just don't see that going over well, whether he gets hurt or it's just a bad match. I don't like it. Shawnee, I don't know what's going on with you. Like, I understand that, you know, we struggle against Nate, but it, look, he, us fighting is what he wants and he's just going to laugh at us. So you putting it on me, look, you got above me once. That doesn't make you not last place guy. It makes you not last place guy for a week. So if you're going to, just because you beat me once, all of a sudden think, okay, kid to me, you're going to use the age thing on me. I don't get it. So, I mean, I guess it's something we could talk about another time but i just i guess i'm confused that's all all right that's your time there uh erica was there anything that you wanted to uh let the people know about before we take off this week yes tiny tim is right shawnee isn't his normal self because he is on edibles as he has previously <laughs> told us anyway uh once again uh as i uh mentioned in our now lost episode if you're not following tamatanga on social media now you have to start following Tamatanga on social media. Uh, he he's just he brutal. He doesn't give a fuck. It's great. Um, there's the whole thing with Michael Elgin leaving New Japan, and Michael Elgin saying that because he's Haku's kid, and like Tama just tore him a new asshole. It was great. Follow Tamatanga everywhere all over the place. He's got a podcast too. I don't mind, you know, pimping to someone else's podcast during our podcast. Listen to Thomas we, Island. Listen to Thomas listen Island to our podcast first. Well, of course, listen to us and then go listen to Thomas Island. Either way, Tamatanga fucking sweet. All right. I don't know if Tamatanga is a dangerous worker or not, but I do know that Elgin seems like a huge asshole. So do not follow him. That is correct. All right, there you go. Uh, we'll go around the room and uh, let everybody plug their socials before we head on out for this week's One Fall Show, starting with the champ. 
You can follow me at Nate Bender Rama. Uh, you can also watch me live Tuesdays, Thursdays. I'm starting to do Fridays now, too. And, of course, Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the One Fall Show Super Universe Mode over on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Erica, where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. And what about you, Shawnee? Find me on Instagram at Shawnee.constant. You can find me on Twitter at Shawnee Constant and at One Fall Show. And you can find me on the Talk Horror to Me podcast with you, sir. That is true. Uh, Justin, where can people find you online? All over social media at JV underscore sports underscore talk and JBSportsTalk.com. And like Shawnee mentioned, new podcast coming out, JV Sports Talk pay-per-view pod with what well yeah it's crazy saturday january 30th it'll be on youtube apple spotify shawnee i don't know if i'm gonna let shawnee on now after this but shawnee and chuck are gonna be my guests for the royal rumble i already have erica and nate in for aew revolution at the end of february uh again on youtube apple spotify wherever you get your podcasts follow on social media at ppv underscore pod don't follow Justin's podcast. It's going to be awful because it's not this podcast, the One Fall Show. Wow. Oh my God. I don't know if I want any of you people on my podcast. <laughs> you people? Well, I never. <laughs> my name's Chuck Bean. I've been your host. You can find me on the Nerd Radio Podcast, as Shawnee mentioned, the Talk Horror to Me Podcast. Over there with Nate on twitch.tv backslash Limit Break Radio on Saturdays, calling the virtual WWE action. And you can find me at my own Twitch, playing Rock Band on Sundays and uh, some spooky games, usually on Sunday night at twitch.tv backslash C-H-Z-U-C-K. Have yourself a great week this week. Watch yourself some wrestling. Find something you like and then meet us back here and see if it's one of the questions on next week's One Fall Show. Get him down, track! <laughs> Damn it. I don't know if any of you watched the thing, but like after we got done, I watched it, and there's this little kid in the background that just keeps yelling that, and it's the most charming part of the whole match. It's the most Southern thing you've ever seen in your life. It really is. Everybody talks like this. Like, I was not over-exaggerating the accent last week for comedic effect. That's literally how every person sounds. No, it is It is XICW-sized crowds in a shitty bar somewhere in the South. Nice. Fantastic. You got some titles for us, Erica? Sure do, dear. Uh, we fired Craig. Fuck Craig. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let me tell you, let me tell you, Nate, you were, I mean, Nate's always kind of got a little heat under him and and he's uh, one for the one-liners. You were um, um, exceptional this week. (laughs) Uh, Where did Don Callis get a six pack and a happy trail? Uh, That one, that one, I'm like, Ooh, that's, Ooh, I think that one's going to, that's going to win that one. That's one's going to win out. Um, Judas effect equals age appropriate move. Uh, we, I just, we don't watch two Oh five live. Right. Right. Uh, fuck you. It's dumb truck. We'll end up being the title because no one's going (laughs) to, no one's going to have any fucking clue what that means. Um, Mark, you old crusty SOB. That one also made me laugh too. And then last but not least, God bless punk rock, Billy Kay, which I feel like that could could be a a placeholder because I don't think she's 
done with this phase yet. God, I hope not. Like it's oh. it's it's seriously the thing that I look forward to the most on SmackDown. Like it's so it's dumb. super charming. I fucking love it. I love it so much. Like it makes me laugh every single time. Yeah, oh yeah. I haven't watched SmackDown in a few weeks, and I like I'm genuinely looking forward to watching it next week in preparation for the pay-per-view pod yeah. and I'm like, man, I, I, I don't know if this is like, I, I, it might be better this way. Like just hearing the enthusiasm <laughs> and like, all right, sure. cool. I'll, I'll see the condensed version. You know, the go home show is always just fucking rehash of the last eight weeks. Anyway, right. I wonder if it's going to be, if I'm going to be as excited about it as you guys are. I, I think so. I mean, the, the rumble is always good. awesome, right? I mean, it's, it's yeah, even when it's you know, without a crowd, you- but it's a great event. Even when they don't give us as many surprises as I would like for the Royal Rumble, just the format of the match is fun. Yeah. And getting to see people interact that don't typically. Is and, and the good. women's rumbles have been awesome. Yeah. I mean, they have been just great since they instituted that. And um, I think more than any other event where they do a parallel men's women's version, the uh, the Royal Rumble just is great. I made it a question, but I didn't get to it because we had so many. Um, but Ty of Valkyrie might be done with Impact, and yeah. boy, oh boy, would I pop to see her show up in the Women's Rumble. That would be I, great. Yeah. Well, I don't. Uh, it, I watched Impact uh, this week, and as because Taya was, um, she Taya admitted to um, shooting Bravo. Uh, she was the one and she and she was written off the show by being arrested. Yeah. And then they said to I don't know, I think it might have been Falaba. Either way, fat guy said to Tommy Dreamer, which, by the way, Tommy Dreamer isn't the fat guy in this scenario. <laughs> Have your mind around that one. Thank you for clarifying. Ooh, you're welcome. Uh, someone goes like, well, where are they sending her? And he's like, well, she could be heading to Jacksonville Penitentiary. Uh, she could be heading up to Baltimore's facility. I just hope they don't send her to uh, Stanford. No one wants that. And like <laughs> the way he did it, I, 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 it was very much a scream laugh, and I felt kind of bad uh, at first because there's a very nice old man that lives next to us, and I'm sure there's times where like I'm a lo- I'm a loud person, and I'm sure he's just like, what? Fuck no! What is this, what is you, this bitch? You. We yelling at again. <laughs> oh, he's a very nice man. It's one Tuesday. It's one yeah. of those louds where they're listening. Is it a good loud or a bad? Loud? Oh no, she's just having fun. Yeah, oh, oh no, that, today that, was she's a, mad. that was a laugh. Yeah, it was a laugh. That was laughing. So yeah, dude my so my it's... neighbors my neighbors are constantly inundated with me screaming my opinions about <laughs> wrestling and video games. Like yeah. Joe Rogan, it comes at one volume <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and then and then when I'm like when I'm in the kitchen cooking, which is like right next to the to the hallway, I'm always listening to Jim Cornette. So he's motherfucking someone. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> and like I can't imagine what my neighbors think of me. They must uh, think I'm the angriest person on the planet. And who's uh, your southern roommate? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Who I know this guy. This I guy that guy's really angry. Oh, God damn. That's funny. It's the odd couple. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. 